Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xonophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. Last week we heard a record by Eddie Thomas, and this week we've got three more. We'll also find out the origin of some things and do some more cuddling. A couple of weeks ago you heard about my friend Dana's father, the locomotive engineer, and this week you'll find out about Dana's grandpa, who had an even more interesting pastime. But first, yes, it's another edition of... One Thing thing in Common. common. The four records in this first set are rather divergent, but they all have one thing in common. You can make what will likely be a futile attempt to figure it out while they're playing, or you can sit back and relax, enjoy the music, and just let me tell you what the commonality is at the end of the set. I suggest the latter. Here's Benny Moten's Kansas City Orchestra. Thank you. 
She's my pal, she's my gal, she's my hearty copy, all the time and she came from St. Louis town, all alone. Did you do? Do you do? Do you do? Do you do? Pepper Sam with I'm Nobody's Sweetheart Now from Romeo 1730, recorded October 27, 1931. I'm Nobody's Sweetheart Now was written in 1924 by Ernie Erdman, Gus Kahn, Billy Myers, and Elmer Schobel. You might think with the scatting and ukulele that Red Pepper Sam was a pseudonym for Cliff Edwards, as is listed in some discographies, but you'd be incorrect. Red Pepper Sam was in fact Billy Costello, the original voice of Popeye. Before Red Pepper Sam, it was Eddie Peabody and his banjo, ending that May 13, 1927 Victor recording of W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues, a la Annette Hanshaw, with a little, that's all. Do you suppose that was done deliberately as an homage to Annette, or just a coincidence? That record was recorded here in Los Angeles in the historic Fine Arts Building, located at 811 West 7th Street. It was designed by Albert Walker and Percy Eisen, who also created the Oviat Building, the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, and the El Cortez Hotel in San Diego. It's also known as the Global Marine House and was declared a historic cultural monument in 1974. 
Before Eddie Peabody, the Havana Novelty Orchestra, under the direction of Nat Shilkrit and Mama Inez, written by Eliseo Grinette. And by the way, this December 19, 1930, Mama Inez is spelled I-N-E-S, and not I-N-E-Z, as are most recordings of it. I wonder if that pseudonym of Havana Novelty Orchestra for the Victor Orchestra was a takeoff of Don Aspiazu's Havana Casino Orchestra's recording of Mama Inez a few months earlier. And Enrique Madruguera also recorded it as the Havana Casino Orchestra in 1931. Of course, you know that the maniacal laughter on that disc is courtesy of trumpeter Bob Efros. We began the show with Benny Moten's Kansas City Orchestra and Lafayette, recorded in Victor's Studio No. 2 in the former Trinity Church in Camden, New Jersey, on December 13, 1932. Lafayette was written by Eddie Durham, trombonist in the band and pianist Count Basie. So, what do those records all have in common? Well, they're all needle drops. A needle drop is where a commercial recording is used in the soundtrack of a cartoon to provide all or part of the soundtrack instead of or in addition to scoring the film with an orchestra or band. Lafayette was used in the 1934 cartoon The Caveman, starting Willie Whopper from the Ub Iwerks studio. And Betty Moten's Somebody Stole My Gal is also dropped into that soundtrack. Another cartoon character created by Ub Iwerks was Flip the Frog, who appears in 32 cartoons beginning in 1931. Mama Inez was dropped into the last Flip the Frog cartoon, So Does Squirt, released October 14, 1933. Meanwhile, over at the Max Fleischer Studios, needle drops were used between 1930 and 1936. Fleischer used a band led by Manny Bear, which included Manny Klein and Andy Sanella to score cartoons, so why he used needle drops is anybody's guess. But use them he did, as in the 1930 talker tune Hot Dog, starring Bimbo in his screen debut. Eddie Peabody's St. Louis Blues is dropped into that one during the courtroom scene. And of course the Fleischer studio was home to Betty Boop. The scatting, sound effects, and even gargling in Red Pepper Sam's I'm Nobody's Sweetheart Now are used to great effect in 1932's Betty Boop, M.D., with Betty, Bimbo, and Coco, owners of a traveling medicine show selling Jippo, a tonic elixir advertised to stop breathing, flatten feet, remove teeth, and grow tonsils. And, of course, Jippo reminds me of W.C. Fields hawking the Yakwee Indian medical discovery in the old-fashioned way. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been my great privilege many years ago, whilst traveling through the mountains of Paraguay, to find the Yakwee Indians drinking the juice out the cacti. The only real cure for hoarseness known to medical science. I have here tonight a few bottles which I am selling for one dollar. It cures hoarseness. It'll cure the most stubborn case of hoarseness. I have been a martyr to the disease of hoarseness for many years. This malignant disease, whenever speaking in public as I do, and I depend on it, it cures hoarseness. It'll cure the most stubborn cases of hoarseness. One little sip of the bottle cure. It cures horseless! Only the first to buy a bottle. Those are just a few examples of needle drops. They were also used by Hanna-Barbera and other studios. And thanks to James Parton and Charles Gardner and Jerry Beck of the website cartoonresearch.com for much of the information about needle drops. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week I did an A-B comparison of two recordings of Chimes of Spring, both made on December 4, 1930, one crediting the vocal to Eddie Thomas and the other to Smith Ballou. Some discographies mistakenly show Eddie Thomas as a pseudonym for Smith Ballou, and the voices are very hard to tell apart, as you know because you listened to last week's show. Uh, you did listen, didn't you? Okay, good. But it's ethnomusicologist, the esteemed Dr. Brian S. Wright's considered opinion that that is in fact Smith Ballou on the Bob Herring record and Eddie Thomas with Joe Green's orchestra. Edward Francis Thomas was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was a founding member of the Yacht Club Boys, but by the time of Chimes of Spring had been replaced. 
1928, he was signed as a Brunswick exclusive artist, and in their announcement, published in Talking Machine World, Brunswick said his tenor voice is of the innovant type, with a style that is extremely popular, and he plays the guitar, banjo, and violin. Given as many records as he made, I could find surprisingly little biographical information about him. But Eddie Thomas deserves his own segment, and in the following records, I think his voice comes across as more distinct from that of Smith Ballou. See if you don't agree. Days he takes in sail. He's a good old 
sailor and a fisherman of old. But he's never caught a thing outside of catching cold. He's always busy on the phone, the phone. The longer boatman sleeps alone. The longer boatman loves his port. The longer boatman's pants are short. There's no bathing in the park, but the boatman loves the lark. Once a week on Saturday, there's bubbles in the dark. The vulgar boatman has a past. He's been before behind the mast. He don't look like Valentino on the movie reel. Though he is a common person, he has sex appeal. The mother fellow's wife, he got, he got. Eddie Thomas, not Smith Ballou, Eddie Thomas with Jack Denny and his orchestra, giving you another kiss on December 17, 1928. Another kiss was written by Victor Skirtsinger. Before that, the Yacht Club boys were singing not about the Volga boatman, but one boatman in particular, the Vulgar Boatman. The Vulgar Boatman was written by Sidney Clare and James Monaco. That record was made on July 20th, 1926, and I haven't double-checked, but I'm guessing Eddie Thomas was still with the group at that point. The Yacht Club Boys made a Vitaphone short in May of 1935 titled The Yacht Club Boys in the Vodka Boatman, but that was long after Thomas had left the group. And we started off our little tribute with Eddie Thomas backed by Ben Burney and all the lads on December 20th, 1928 with I'll Get By. Fred Allert wrote the tune and Roy Turk the words.
Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. There's a scene in Laurel and Hardy's 1932 Academy Award-winning short, The Music Box, where, as they often did, the boys get their hats mixed up, and Ollie asks Stan, Where'd you get the hat? Well, here's Tom Stacks, who wants to know where'd you get that name? face is familiar. Say, what's your name? Why, Samuel. Oh, Samuel. Samuel. Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Samuel. Oh, Samuel. Why, I'll tell you how you got your name. Now, your family were peaceful till the day you came on earth, but everything was different from the moment of your birth. The neighbors told your mother that she wasn't looking well. She said, that test won't let me rest. Just listen to Sam yell. First this world was made, then every man was put to work, and that was called a trade. Now whatever trade a man worked at, that was the name he took. A man who fished was Mr. Fish, and a man who cooked was Cook. Now give me a name, let me have a name, any name. Oh yeah? Uh, well, Andrew. Oh, Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Andrew, Andrew, why I'll tell you how you got your name. Now there was a man who had some dough, was in the savings bank. One day got married to a girl who was an awful crank. She wanted this and she wanted that, and diamond bracelets too. So he went to the bank each day and drew and drew and drew.
back in the olden days when first this world was made. Then every man was put to work, and that was called a trade. Whatever trade a man worked at, that was the name he took. A man who fished was Mr. Fish, and a man who cooked was Cook. Say, Bill, I wonder what the studio manager's name is. Don't you know his name? No, what is his name? Andrew. Andrew? Yes, let's tell him how he got his name. All right. Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Andrew, Andrew, we'll tell you how you got your name. There was a man who had some dough, was in a savings bank. One day got married to a girl who was an awful crank. She wanted this and wanted that and diamond bracelets too. So he went to the bank each day. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Well, little girl, what is your name? Adeline. Adeline. Well, we'll tell you how you got your name. Yes, we'll tell you, little girl. Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Adeline, Adeline, we'll tell you how you got your name. A girl began to write a note to one of her sweet boys. She wrote about her tonsils and about her adenoids. She started in at six o'clock and finished it at nine. And the reason why she took so long, she'd always Adeline. You know, Adeline told me that she was in love with a man named Schwartz. Schwartz? Yes. Well, we'll tell Mr. Schwartz how he got his name. All right. Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Mr. Schwartz, Mr. Schwartz, we'll tell you how you got your name. There was a girl who always said shh, shh, all the time. She'd shh, shh, now and shh, shh, then just like an old engine. She met a man who on his nose, he had a dozen warts. He took her shh, she took his warts. And now they're both called Schwartz. You know, Adeline has a sister named Alice. Alice? Yes. Maybe Alice would like to know how she got her name. Well, let's tell her. Yes. Where did you get that name? Where did you get that name? Alice, Alice, we'll tell you how you got your name. A German man got married to a lovely German girl. As every year went by, they brought a girl into this world. When they had nine, the poor wife said, oh, we must stop somehow. And when the tenth one came, they said, Duff is Alice now. That's how they got their names. There you have a couple of different versions of Where Did You Get That Name? The first was by Harry Reeser's Syncopators with Tom Stacks, and we heard about Samuel and Andrew. That Columbia record was made May 10, 1929. We finished up with the Happiness Boys, and they told us about Andrew again, plus Adeline, Schwartz, and Alice. The pianist accompanying Billy Jones and Ernest Hare on that Victor record made on Halloween 1928 was Dave Kaplan. Lou Klein wrote the tune and Bob Miller the words. In between, we had The Sylvians, directed by Carol Gibbons, asking, Where'd you get those eyes? on October 29, 1926. Where'd you get those eyes? was written by Walter Donaldson. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7 on demand anytime at all online at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. A few weeks ago, I relayed a story about my friend Dana's father and his brush with death while operating a locomotive as an engineer for the Santa Fe Railroad. Well, I guess Dana liked his and his relatives' names mentioned on the air because he sent me another story, this time about his grandpa Rafferty. Willard Rafferty was born in 1894 and was a genuine gold miner with a claim about an hour's journey by four-wheel drive from Red Mountain in the Mojave Desert. The story takes place in 1967 when Dana drove his then 73-year-old grandfather out to check on the mining claim. To search for platinum ore deposits, Willard used his magic band steel pouch prospecting tool in a method called dousing or divining, similar to using a divining rod to search for water. 
Unfortunately, Grandpa Rafferty never struck it rich out there in the Mojave Desert, but that's okay, as he had already retired early from a very successful career as owner of a battery manufacturing business. So, in honor of Grandpa Rafferty, who, for the record, wasn't a gold digger, but a prospector, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about gold diggers. We're in the money, we're in the money, we've got a lot of what it takes to get along, we're in the money, the skies are sunny, old man depression, you are through, you've done us wrong, we never see a headline about bread line today, and when we see the landlord, we can look that guy right in the eye, we're in the money, come on my honey. Let's spend it, lend it, send it rolling along. Gone are my blues and gone are my tears. I've got good news to shout in your ears. The silver dollar has returned to the fold. With silver you can turn your dreams to gold Right in the yard, we're in the money. Come on, my honey, let's spend it, lend it, send it rolling along. Thank you. 
Joe Gibson and his Moulin Rouge Orchestra on a Path A Actuel 78 from around June 21, 1923, with The Gold Digger, subtitled Dig a Little Deeper, written by James F. Hanley. Violinist Joe Gibson was not only a band leader, but also the lyricist on Grieving for You, recorded by quite a number of people. And something tells me we may just be doing some grieving on next week's show. We begin that gold-digging set with Charlie Polloy and his orchestra with Charlie Polloy himself providing the vocal on the Gold Diggers song, also known as We're in the Money. That's from a Crown 78, made around April 1933. In the first segment of last week's show about the word kutch, C-W-T-C-H, I was going to include Cuddle Up Blues by the Virginians, but ran out of time. So this week, we're not only going to continue to cuddle, but if we have time, we'll also do some caressing. Thank you. 
possessing you, possessing you. Life for me would hold a million charms. A kiss from you would be divine. Oh, press your lips to mine, dear, and whisper low, I love you so while I'm
We started this final segment of the show with The Virginians, a subset of the Paul Whiteman Orchestra directed by Ross Gorman, who had the cuddle-up blues. That's from the group's first disc as The Virginians, recorded March 22, 1922. M.K. Jerome wrote the music, and there are words sung by Marian Harris in the only vocal recording I could find by Harry DaCosta. Next, Charles Walk was caressing you. Well, singing caressing you with the Jacques Renard Orchestra on December 3, 1928. Caressing You was composed by Billy Fazioli, Bernardo's younger brother, and Mickey Alpert, with the words by Raymond Clogus. Billy Fazioli has quite a number of composer credits to his name. I found his date of birth, October 27, 1898, so he'll be getting his very own segment in the fall. And, by the way, Billy was not his real name, but with the surname Fazioli... You might have guessed that. We finished up with the Green Brothers Novelty Band and Take Three of Caresses, written by James Monaco and recorded for Brunswick in November of 1920. I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.